Hello and welcome to Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. Money Mindset. I think that sounds alright. This podcast is brought to you by the book Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. It's the five-step method to getting money mindset. Getting more money into your pocket, more time in your day and less stress in your life. Get your copy today. You can pick it up on Amazon in print, Kindle or Audible version. We also give away some free training with every book bought, which is automating your finances to get more me time. So you have more time to do the things that you love with your with your day. Get your copy today. Thanks so much for joining us. This is season four and this is part two of our interview with Simon Popple, who is from Brookville Capital. So thanks so much again for joining us, Simon. And so in the last episode, we talked about commodities. What is a commodity? Why is it important to you listening at home? What essentially are commodities? We talked about um, eating your breakfast meal in the morning, how you can, your Weetabix or your cornflakes or your milk, That is all, these are all commodities. You're eating your breakfast with a spoon, that metal spoon is a commodity. It's important to understand what a commodity is. So today we're going to talk about inflation. So inflation is one of the biggest things at the moment that I'm concerned about with my clients and who I speak to. So people, the, the two big things, the two big risks with investing in my opinion, is the volatility, so the ups and downs of the market, and also the silent killer, which is the inflation, um, the worry about inflation, and it's a spending power in your back pocket. So Simon, so, and we can talk, we're gonna talk a bit about commodities as well, and gold, which can help uh, mitigate some of these risks that people face today. So yeah, thanks again for joining us, Simon. Maybe just talk about why is inflation so um, important, and why someone at home listening should take take note of inflation? Yeah, I mean, inflation is all really, it's about purchasing power. And um, if you've got money today and you go to the supermarket, let's say you've got 50 pounds, you can probably buy a couple of bags of groceries um, that you can feed your family on. Yeah. Um, inflation uh, eats into that purchasing power. And, um, you know, it's pretty scary. I mean, uh, what's called the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, which the government use, and it's important for them to keep that reasonably low because um, that is used as the basis for uh, public sector uh, pay reviews. So it's in their best interest to have a uh, inflation figure which is as low as possible. But uh, for, for me, personally, my inflation is probably running more at 7 or 8% rather than you know, sort of 2%, 2.5% that, that we're told CPI is running at. So I think why is that Why is that higher than, just explain that? <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 I've got a really, really simple inflation hack. And, you know, if you go to the supermarket, um, you know, whatever your supermarket is down the road, um, do a family shop and just keep the receipt, put the date on it, uh, which is probably already on there, but uh, put the price of petrol plus perhaps what you spend the most money on on a monthly basis. Just put it in a drawer. A year later, um, do another shop buying the same things, and see what the price difference is. And you know, with your petrol and you know your rent or mortgage, whatever it is, and that gives you a really good idea as to what your own personal level of inflation is. Because um, you know, it may be CPI, it may be a lot more, but but it's really important because when you're having your negotiation at work about your 
pay rise or you look at your investments and seeing what they're doing. Uh, for example, if I saw something that delivered, let's say, 5% return, I could be um, you know, quite excited. But if my inflation was running at 7%, um, then I'm sort of thinking, well, okay, I've got five, but I still lost 2% this year. Yeah. Um, so it's really important you do that. Um, and and then, you know, once you've got that figure, you know what, first of all, uh, your return on your investments needs to be in order to maintain your purchasing power. And um, uh, it's, you know, it's important for you also to kind of um, look at your your sort of earnings and, and, and how you're generating money because if you're given a, a 2% increase where your personal inflation is running at 7 um, then you know you, you need to make sure that your employer is aware of that um, if, if you're employing someone and you say well you know everything's gone up 2% so um, I'm giving you 2% as far as you're concerned and the employee's concerned you've done a good job but if I'm your employee and I'm saying well actually you know, you've increased it by 2 but my inflation is actually at seven. So yeah. you've actually given me a pay cut. Yeah, that's a really um, great point. You know, okay. if, if they want to employ you, then they're going to think, oh, you know, don't really give them a pay cut. And it may be a good tool to, to improve your... Um, uh, your pay review. Yeah, that's great. I, I think you raised a good, really good point about the CPI, so the consumer price index. So you just think of it like a basket of shopping. So you go around the supermarket, it's essentially it's an average of all that, but there's certain things that aren't included in that. So housing for for one isn't included in this CPI. And they t- and house prices have risen 500% since the 1990s. And I think this is, as a podcast for millennials, millennial money mindset, this is super important that you, you have to take into account all, all of the things that you, you spend on. It's not just the things that you purchase in the supermarket is also the roof over your head, the price of a house compared to our parents' generation. And obviously that's gone up massively. So this is one of the big things. On the, on the flip side, there are things that are going down in price. So technology, for instance. So if in the old days you might have bought a DVD maybe weekly to go to you know watch, watch an evening movie on a, on a Friday night, for instance, but we don't do that anymore. We don't buy that um, DVD anymore. We we do use Netflix and, or other subscription services, so a- Apple, for instance. But there are certain technologies that computers have gone down massively. So in the 70s, the price of a con- computer has reduced massively. So we are there are things that are reduced in going down in price. And it's not always up, but there are certain things with say computers for instance the things inside the computers the commodities that we talked about in the previous episode that's gone up massively the the the, the chips inside because of the demand has gone up has that's also um, a factor so really yeah th- think the, the way i think about inflation why it's so important is think also back to hyperinflation if you think of germany during the 1930s and you think of that image of there's pictures of someone walking around with a wheelbarrow with pounds or it wouldn't be it would have Deutschmarks in that, that wheelbarrow and that's hyperflation just to buy a loaf of bread for instance because kind of inflation's kind of taken off so I did a bit of fact checking this morning and the the in Turkey inflation has reached reached 19.25 percent this year which is kind of crazy and that's um, the government inf- inflation forecast is 14 percent this is a, a developing country and inflation tends to be higher than kind of developed nations like the UK or USA or other countries in, in Europe or, or Australia for instance so it's just really important to understand about inflation so yeah, maybe let's talk about how the listener at home can maybe prepare for this in, inflation. Maybe Simon, talk more about that and 
maybe talk more about yeah commodities and how you can use that as to as a way to reduce inflation risk yeah sure well i mean i i think that um people need to realize that they're investors whether they like it or not i think that's it's really important in uh, my parents generation you could probably just invest in annuity yeah. government fixed income and you'd be okay yeah. but um i think in today's world with uh, annuities i think they're around three and a half percent or something so just for the listener at home, annuity is where you used to work all your life, then you would exchange, essentially you'd take a bag of money, everything you've worked, and you'd exchange that for a fixed income over your lifetime. So you'd, you'd get a guaranteed income for life. Essentially, that's what annuity is. It's, it's, it's a bit of, um, it's, they're almost dead in the water. There's hardly any annuities out there, which is what's, why I wanted to kind of jump in and, and add to that. So sorry to interrupt you, Simon, but I totally agree with you there. But, you know, great point. I mean, basically, um, you know, as you say, annuities are essentially dead in the water. I mean, um, anyone who um, provides you know a chunk of money in return for three and a half percent return, you know, especially talking about inflation, um, you know, good luck because not only um, is three and a half percent not a not a great return on your money, but if if inflation is running, um, you know, let's say in Turkey at nineteen percent, um, that, that's just horrific in terms of your your overall returns. So um, I think that you know people do need to think about how they're investing their money, and I like commodities because you know there's no perfect hedge for inflation. Yeah. But if you're investing in something that is also going up in price because um, you know that's how inflation works, um, then you are um, improving your chances of protecting yourself. Yeah. And therefore, um, you know, by having uh, some commodities in your portfolio. Um, the chances are that if inflation goes up in price, let's say your box of wheat bits goes up in price, then that's because wheat has gone up in price. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if you if you if you've got exposure to wheat, um, then um, chances are the shares of that company or your the value of your wheat has gone up in price as well. So um, you know, as I say, it's not a perfect hedge, but it, I, I think it's a it's a good one and a lot of people have got no commodities in their portfolio whatsoever and so um, you know it's something they really do need to think about yeah no really good point I also coming back to your original point with everyone's an investor I totally agree with that and I also think even if you're working if you work at a job you're now auto enrolled into a pension so whether your employer has to by law put you into their pension scheme so you're now by default an, an investor whether you know about it or not so that's another thing to talk about talking about your your commodities that's a really great point about actually moving away what actually is wheat so that's it's if you think i'm trying to think back to when i was 25 and didn't on my kind of investing journey how how do you actually invest so you can buy wheat you can go on to there's many what they call exchange trade funds where it's never been easier simpler or cheaper to go and buy commodities you can go on to um any you go to a broker site where there's a number of um, good and bad broker sites out there and you can get exposure to wheat or any other commodity food um, any other you can buy pork you can buy meat you can buy um, fuel you can buy oil gas ev- anything what any weird and wonderful thing you can you can essentially get today because it's the internet is an amazing thing and it's made um, being an investor much much easier 
Um, so yeah, that was, um, and so essentially why I think it's also important is inflation is set to surge. So there's a number of different factors because of worker shortages in the UK. So there was a stat out today about how many drivers, there's a, a shortage of drivers in the UK today because of a number of things like Brexit, because of COVID. And um, there's also, I saw vegetable oil is at the highest price for 30 years. And there's also the cost of tomatoes has doubled in in price and that's over a year. So the cost of workers as well. So a lot of workers that would have come over for um, in, in the EU where it was um, able to just come over here and work um, without any passport or without any um, paperwork. There's not many work. People can't do that necessarily anymore. And that, so those people can't pick the tomatoes. There's less of a... A supply of tomatoes on the market and that pushes up price yeah it's common sense really and you know if, if um you know we all need food we need cars we need power uh water um you know think about what you need in your life for it to function and um you know things like brexit and, and lack of lorry drivers and pandemic and um you know one of the things i particularly like about gold just talking about you know pandemic and stuff yes. and also supply chains is you know, they found the deposit. The processing plant is probably very close to it. We're talking about you know, 10, 20, 30 kilometers. Um, and then they produce a gold dory bar. Now, you've probably got 90 to 95% of value creation in a very small area. Um, now, if, if you're talking about um, putting together a phone, for example, I don't know how many components are in a, a phone, but I'm Loads. several hundred of yeah. these. I saw a, 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 um, a visual on it to see where around the world all these components come. It, well, it is exactly. amazing. You've got to get all those components um, together. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a great adage, you only need one missing component to stop a production line. Yeah. Um, and you need all those components together to create your phone. And then once you've made your phone, you've still got to send it out to retail outlets and you've got to sell it. And so um, another thing I like about commodities is the, the supply chain tends to be pretty short for a lot of uh, certainly hard commodities. And so, um, you know, the value creation is less impacted by some of the things that are really hurting the world at the moment, such as the pandemic and, you know, lack of, lack of drivers and um, uh, you know, difficulties moving things around the world. Um, so... Um, you know that for me that's a really important factor in you know why I like them particularly at the moment because um, you know supply chains are getting hurt so you want something with a short supply chain yeah no interesting I think well you mentioned about hard commo uh, commodities I think it's good to, good to distinguish the two so it's essentially hard and soft commodities so hard commodities are the things you dig out the ground so this could be gold this could be copper this could be um any other kind of precious metal or it could be any kind of industrial metal and then you've got soft commodities which are your things that are grown so wheat um what else like um other kind of things you're going to soy, soy yeah um and that kind of corn and things like that so th those are the two things and i also think you've got i also would consider bitcoin now a commodity i think it used to be a speculative asset and i i would now put it under the commodity kind of umbrella of um how it, how you can kind of in your in your kind of diverse portfolio but um 
Yeah, so maybe let's talk about, so tell me about a, a kind of an aha moment where you, with your investing, where you kind of, you're investing and you thought, ah, oh, that you realise something's changed in your thinking. What you, what did you realise and what did you change? Or, yeah, I, I, I think that um, uh, the aha moments tend to come from the outside world rather than myself, where, yeah. um, you know, someone says, right, we, um, Lithium is vital for for car batteries, for yeah. example. And then you suddenly think, well, there aren't many lithium countries uh, companies out there. Yeah. Um, or you know, you can't print lithium. And you know, we're talking about uh, you know, if you consider oil used to be the main commodity for for motor vehicles in yeah. terms of you know, obviously petrol and, and, and diesel and things like yeah. that. And suddenly they're saying, well, it's going to be lithium or it's going to be batteries. Yeah. And then. You know, you, you, the oil market is this big, the lithium market is this big. And you're yeah. thinking, well, um, I quite like the idea of having some exposure to that. Exactly. And, um, and then, you, you know, you look at the market. Um, but then, I, going back to my common sense point of view, you know, I, I, I think that there is going to be a huge movement towards electric vehicles. And yeah. I, I can really applaud that. Yeah. But, you know, you also need to think about um, the infrastructure that needs to be put in place to support electric vehicles. I mean, are you going to have um, a PowerPoint to every lamppost in the street? And you know, if, if you are going away to visit your parents and they live 200 miles away, um, you need a car that um, fully charged can go at least 200 miles and yeah. ideally even further. Um, and also you then need to be able to charge it at your parents before you come home. And so there's, there's quite a lot of factors that you need to to bring into it, and you know, I think it's a bit like the you know the boiler thing as well. I, I think I think there's definitely going to be a movement towards electric vehicles, but I yeah. think that people will want to um, perhaps have a hybrid. Yeah. Um, so um, you know, until the infrastructure is more in place, before they um, you know jump on with both feet and buy you know an electric vehicle. Yeah, Elon Musk is doing some amazing things. It's not just his electric vehicles. I, have you seen? I think I think it's called the Power Bar. I can't remember the exact name of it, but essentially it will be in your home and it's like a battery in your home so the idea is when it's sunny your um you'd have solar panels on your roof and that would charge your battery and your battery would kind of obviously charge with um would be fully charged in on sunny days and then essentially if it was windy you'd have a wind turbine and essentially it would almost reduce the need to have gas uh boilers so essentially that's his idea to, uh he's it's it's it is working. It's practical. I've watched a video on it. How in in the states, but I do totally agree with you. Actually, getting the infrastructure in place and how costly will it be as well? And in terms of lithium, just one more point. Um, it's totally I agree with you. If you look at the the oil market compared to the lithium market, you also so that's the, the demand. But the second thing is look at the supplies. How where are people? I I don't know the answer to this. I, I would like to. I, I'm going to after this podcast. I'm going to look it up. But essentially, look at the, the supply of lithium. Where are people, where, where are they mining for lithium? What's the what's the percentage of lithium in the world? Like how, how um, like how much stuff, how much lithium is there? Is there a limited supply? Is, there, is it abundant? So that would be an interesting one to look at. It's obviously if it's a, a limited supply, the price is gonna massively uh, increase. If it's a, if it's kind of, um, yeah, if it's abundant, there's going to be less of a, a, a hike. But that's, these are the kind of things I think about when I'm looking at my investment portfolio. Um, so yeah, yeah maybe, absolutely. I, I mean, you know, it's, you also need to look at the technology behind the batteries as well. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously you've got people like Elon Musk out there 
making batteries a lot more efficient. And, yeah. you know, for example, the Chinese um, have got a battery now that doesn't require cobalt. It's not as powerful as a battery with cobalt. Yeah. But, you know, technology moves very, very quickly. And, um, uh, you know, so saying, you know, at the moment, lithium is essential for batteries. Now, if someone actually creates a battery that doesn't involve lithium, um, then, you know, if, if all your money's in lithium, um, yeah. you know, you could be in for an interesting time. But, um, uh, you know, it's a fascinating world. You know, technology moves so quickly. And, um, but again, this is where the psychology is very important. You do need a, a diverse portfolio because what could look like an amazing place to be for example, lithium at the moment, yeah. um, could turn out in 10 years to be not such a good place to be, yeah. in which case, yes, it's great to have some exposure to lithium in case it does take off, but you don't want all your eggs in one basket. Exactly. Now, that's a really good point. So, Simon, talk through your 3R system. I, I was on your website this morning and that looked it looked really fascinating. So that And I think it would really help the people listening at home how, essentially, you, what you look for in when you're investing and maybe talk through talk to that and how you help people invest better. No, sure. I mean, what, what I'm trying to do is educate people as much as, you know, provide ideas. And the three R's basically stands for resources, um, which is really, you know, you need time and you need money um, to, um, uh, to invest. So you need to uh, have, have a bit of uh, time and money. Um, if you don't have any money, then, you know, you can't really invest. Uh, risk is obviously you need to decide what level of risk you you want to take, um, and the other R is research because you know you do need to research um, everything that you do, and so that's what I'm really doing. I'm, I'm I'm sort of the R really comes from 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 the client. You know they need the time and money to read the research and be able to invest, but then I provide the research and help them with the risk. And in terms of the research, I, I, I tend to break things down into what I call my bridge system, which stands for balance sheet, resources, infrastructure, diversification, grade, and exploration potential. And this is a sort of framework that I I, I use to to research companies and to evaluate them. And I kind of slightly challenge my subscribers to, to, you know, to do the same. And as I say, this is an educational process as much as an ideas process. So I want people to, to think through um, some of the the, cre- the key criteria in terms of what they do, um, you know, to make sure that they're you know they're happy with their investment. Now that makes so much sense. Um, I like the well, I I agree with with, with the resource. I, I speak to people and they that they have an image. If before they kind of started investing, they have an image of just starting with maybe a pound coin and then kind of with this kind of lottery mentality where you can get a pound coin and kind of magically it's going to turn into hundreds of thousands of pounds. If you have the, the more resources you have, the easier it is to invest. Essentially, a lot of it investing is just disciplined savings, which sounds really boring, but it's it, the more you can save and the more you can have access to those resources, the better your investing potential is going to be. And also, the more time you have. If you have more time, you have more time to learn. You can read more books. You can do more research, and it's it's gonna your your investing is gonna kind of skyrocket much quicker than if if you have no time to dedicate to to investing i, I appreciate everyone's busy today everyone's got their own jobs and was you know busy we're, we're all living busy lives and more busy than ever before which is why um yeah it's trying to get this information really simply easily and making it really um as 
simple as possible is what I'm essentially trying to do. So um, yeah, just before I'm mindful of your time. So any, um, what would you give? What would you tell the 25 year old version of yourself before before we um, kind of kind of wrap up for today's podcast? Um, I, I think diversity is very important. You know, I, I think that um, don't be greedy. Um, you know, uh, if you do the research up front um, and you're in a diverse portfolio, um, just be patient. I mean. Um, Jesse Livermore, who's one of the world's most famous traders, yeah. once said, you know, the um, the best way of making money is to do nothing. Yeah. And, um, well, <laughs> be in and do nothing rather than just sit back and do nothing, I should say. Just sit back and do nothing. <sighs> and um, it's, actually, it's, it's actually quite difficult. You know, if you've got a stock yeah. that's taking off, um, you really need to know why it's taking off. And, yeah. Um, there are certain instances where um, you should... Uh, think about selling but there's other instances where uh, the last thing you want to do is sell and um, you know you're yes it's taking off but just sit back and enjoy the ride and um, uh, you know it, 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 it's really important that people uh, understand what they're doing and you know one thing I offer with with Brookville Capital is that you know people phone me up um, if they've got you know questions and one of my Subscribers was recently winning the Daily Telegraph um, share tips competition. And, okay. You know, you've got people on different levels. You know, you've got some people who I describe sophisticated investors, and some people who are more mum and pup investors. And um, obviously, you know, you talk to them on different levels because they've got different um, ways of analysing things and, and a different level of understanding. But um, yeah, I, I can talk to my twenty-five-year-old self. You know, just be patient and. Um, uh, get on and enjoy life and do whatever you want to do but if, if you set yourself up right um, you know you should be fine yeah I think people have an image of investing as kind of very mathematical and very kind of um, well just thinking about this today um, just from our conversation actually it's it's very much about a world view it's about a big picture think I'm I studied geography at university so this is kind of I love studying people and places around the world and for me I yeah I, I thinking about commodities and thinking about uh, inflation. A lot of it's to do with what's going on in the world and how you, even your day-to-day life, you can actually apply to your investing. And coming back to your original point, where everyone's an investor today, so everyone needs to understand this. And which is what um, both yourself and myself are trying to do is make it as simple, easy as possible. So yeah, thanks so much. Uh, do you have a, a quote or a book? You, you, you mentioned a really good one, a book uh, previously. You actually mentioned. Jesse Livermore, so maybe you could talk about that or, or any other book or anything funny yeah, that happened there's, to you. There's a book um, by a guy, I think he's called Chris Boss, it's called Never Split the Difference. Okay, yeah, he I've heard of it, yeah. Um, he used to be the head of negotiation for the FBI yeah. in um, situations, and uh, again, it, it's about negotiation and it's about how you think about things, and um, I must say that, and the psychology of money, and I know you wrote a book. Um, Millennial um, money mindset, yeah. If you exactly. Want to I, mean, I, I, I think it's one of those things where uh, sometimes it's a bit like a jigsaw, and if you put yeah. two books together, um, it gives you a really good kind of, I don't know, philosophy exactly. as to how to invest. So um, yeah, no, that's you know, along with yours and uh, psychology and money, I think I think oh, they're I think... Um, you know they all work well together. 
Oh, I'd, have to, I'd love to send you a copy, Simon, um, of my book. I, yeah, I, please do, please do. Ah, great. Really uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, so I feel like I, I could talk to you all day. It's uh, No, it's, uh, it's a great interest to me, uh, commodities and, yeah, inflation as well, super important for the listener at home. So hopefully um, anything we've said, you can kind of, give, hopefully we'll give you some practical tips. Maybe we can kind of touch on a few more practical tips, but I was essentially how you can do it. I was going to say, actually, let's leave with maybe a practical tip. So you can you can actually invest in a global uh, commodity index tracker and it tracks all the commodities around the world. That would be a su- su- super easy to do and it's very cheap to do today. Even think about, if you talk about um, miners, you can actually buy individual um you can buy mining stocks, you can buy miners, and you can have a whole diverse portfolio of that. You can buy even things like um, farm farm um, technology. There's amazing technology today where I was watching this video about instead of putting pesticides on to crops, they can actually, there's a um, like a machine that goes over the, um, the, 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 the vegetable patch and it zaps these kind of, all the, um, the weeds that are coming up to reduce pesticide. It's these kind of technology companies, you can actually go out and invest in, you can invest in, um, yeah, miners or, yeah, there's a whole world out there that you can essentially invest in, you can, or you can even just buy the individual um, commodities, so gold, wheat, anything that you can actually invest in. So it's a world out there to explore and understand. So it, it's exciting time um, to be an investor and to be yeah, interested in, in this sort of stuff. So yeah, thanks again, Simon. And yeah, this has been Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruit, you need the roots. Thanks so much for joining us. Check out the, um, the podcast previously where we talk about, um, where um, Simon talks about commodities. This has been talking about inflation. So yeah, thanks so much. And please like, please subscribe, and please tell a friend about this podcast. Thanks This again. podcast is brought to you by the book, Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruit, you need the roots. It's the five-step method to getting money mindset, getting more money into your pocket, more time in your day, and less stress in your life. Get your copy today. You can pick it up on Amazon in print, Kindle or Audible version. We also give away some free training with every book bought, which is automating your finances to get more me time so you have more time to do the things that you love with your with your day. Get your copy today. Money mindset. I think that sounds alright.